You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of ADD Space. I'm your host, Aaron Rand Freeman, but with me, the actual host, the CEO, the CFO, the owner, proprietor, lead designer, head therapist, travel czar, and office architect, Bacon. Lisa Bacon, how are you? Wait, when did I become the office architect? Wait, what? Hold on, hold on. What does the office architect entail? Um, well, what does your um, office look like? Where are you recording right now? The living room. Office. Home office. <laughs> and I assume when you were very meticulous in how you designed your home office, Ren? Uh, there is a very small section of it that is meticulous, and the other is a disaster. It's actually kind of funny to see the difference. Oh, I assume the disaster Do- is part of the um, overarching architectural design N- influence. No. No. Um, many, many different influences no. from many different regions and no. eras of architecture have influenced that mess no. in your home office. I am not France. Um kind of a kind of like a Marco Prussian type of like a like type of a like a brutalist look to that side of the desk there. No, it's just a disaster because I'm incapable of throwing things away. I know, but like, or I, or like, I'll bring something out, like my makeup. I'll bring. I brought my makeup tray out, right. and it never has left, and it's taking up a spot that is bothering me greatly. I'm gonna just throw this entire half of the desk away. Right, exactly. Architectural <laughs> decisions. Congratulations on your new position. And with us, we have, um, Jeffrey Rousseau, who's been here now so many times that I will spare you the um overwhelming list of names and titles and just I mean, um, hand you the floor i mean i i, I think you should do it because of formalities i like when you i was it. just said, like you should do it so he could be like don't do it again because that shit was hilarious you know what you know what i think you guys might be i think you guys might be onto something Let's see. What does it say here? What does it say? What's the official documentation? Because you're officially documented. It's part of the architecture. <laughs> the writer, social commentator, thought leader, observer, activist, creator, game critic, author, and speaker, Jeffrey Russo is with us live on the show today. Jeffrey, how are you? Um, thank you. Uh, I'm glad to be back. Um, I am, you know, always learning and, uh, you know, I'm here. Um, so, uh, it's going to be super quick and then we'll jump into like what we really talk about. So like, um, as somebody who, who's actually like protested for, um, Palestinian support here locally, um, I'm just here to, to remind people like Angela Davis has said and continues to say, these things aren't difficult to support and understand. You do not have to necessarily be an expert. When my friend and I were out there with Jewish folks, Arab folks, Latinos, Black folks, folks of different genders, 
protesting. We weren't being anti-Semitic. So obviously there's no need for that. When people show support for oppressed people, it's just something that's a long standard tradition. And what I would behoove people to think about is that look at what's happening to people whose voice, whose voice support and, and what they tend and what backgrounds they tend to be of as well as they're as they're facing repercussions. And also what our president said while also what our president said while staring at the camera, right? So this apparatus called the USA is so many things, but uh, mainly, you know. Babies shouldn't be murdered. Um, I feel like that's simple. <laughs> that, yeah, 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 definitely. But but what I wanted to say was, no, that's true. But, but really what, um, to echo what, what Bacon said, it's just that you, you I, I, I think there's like inflection points where you just got to step back, you know, look into things, understand what were the, what caused things to get here and how people justify collective punishment for for a population, um, you know, matters of a, a, a massive death toll. And I'm a, and I'm a, um, I'm gonna tie this into games, you know, I'm, I'm good at this, so hold on. So stick with me. So. Obviously, a lot of people across many different industries, what have you, have um, talked support, showing support, have asked for people in positions of like power and with platforms to just take the opportunity to talk about these things, right? And the thing with with the games industry, you probably noticed that um, there there is a letter that was going around with people asking, you know, Jeff Keighley in the Game Awards if a statement can be said, right? And so far now, I think it's like over 2000 people have signed it, some of, of the future class. And the thing with that is, I don't know if he will, he can very well just not do that. Um, but also I, I I think it's important, like why people are asking him to do that, just, you know, just things to think about. Also, um, if you don't know things, that's fine. You know, I every day is a great day to learn and also, we should understand that there's a lot of distractions that come in the form of whatever it may be to stop us from taking any kind of political action. And it's very likely that I may protest again locally here with the comrades or do other things because that's how I'm choosing to do things. You don't necessarily have to do that unless you don't want to. It could be monetary support, but that's what I wanted to say on that. Because when Aaron asked me, it's like, you know, I'm just thinking about these things because there was a time where I really wasn't really active on the Discord. It wasn't because I don't like y'all. I do. It's just that I was just like, okay, well, I don't do well with the whole, it's not I don't do well. I don't do the whole I'm sad at the world burn kind of thing. Like my therapist and I have recognized that I'm very much like a person that like has to understand things. And like I told Aaron, and I actually did this, it's just I read and I read and I read, I protested, then I wrote, right? That's just how I like, you know, do these things. But anyway, I'm rambling. We're gonna talk about the video games, but the only reason I, I mean, mentioned that is because I mean, you're not. This I mean, is why you see people talking about things. I mean, you're not. Bad, I, mean, I mean, you're not rambling. Um, it is what? important. I mean, to, what? Sorry, continue, Aaron. No, I was gonna say that this is that's actually 
the process, folks, it, you're talking about your process of learning. And, you know, you took a moment, took some time to educate yourself and then reached a decision and then and then participated. And to ask that of people is not much. And to discuss it in detail is not um, rambling as um, that bit gets skipped often. We tend to yada yada that in each other. So um, it's good to hear. Oh. Are you saying Megan? Sorry, continue. I'm I'm having that ADHD thing where I have like the no uh, mixed with bipolar, I have no impulse control. So I'm like ah, ah, no continue. Oh yeah, well then please by all means. Also, hold on, hold on. No, no, sorry. continue because I like I I will just keep doing it. <laughs> but yeah, Megan, you uh, were saying something? Uh, so what I was saying was is um, sorry now that you brought that up. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now focusing on it. Sorry, we took a brief moment because there is, somebody is jamming, jamming outside of uh, Jeff's apartment, and that yeah. shit is hilarious. <laughs> this is somebody who's got like probably super like modified the entire back of their car and are gonna be real sad if they get um. If, if if somebody even bumps the back of it, no, I can feel that shit in my chair. off one of them speakers. I can feel that shit in my chair. That's, that's right. hey, living in a black neighborhood in Miami, you know. I was I was like, this is some nigga shit. Yeah, it, it, I'll freely admit, I I was um I was taken aback by the the length of it. So it's just someone is just parked and testing out their speaker system because it is Friday night. So it's one of those things where um, this is fair. Um, when I lived in Trash City, I used to, um, we used to not record on Friday nights because this is what would happen. So I forgot because I'm in Texas and it's just more space. So I forgot that this is one of the reasons why I don't record on Friday evenings and Saturday <laughs> evenings. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't do that. Yeah, maybe maybe going forward we shouldn't do that. Cause yeah, cause it, it's like, that's a regular thing, by the way. Like I've been playing on my Switch, and then I was like, "Oh, it's that one person." And I'm like, "Oh, it's that time, yo." Right. So I understand. they're basically out there with the hey baby for like a. <laughs> yeah, listen, and it's fine, and it you know we got those. I get it. We have those like there. Yeah, that's one thing about living in Austin is like there are these like there are places where people take their machines so that people see their machines. But usually you have to go to the place and they are there with their machines doing whatever their Autobots and Decepticons do. They prepared it for Friday night. I'm not mad at them. Oh, Arizona was just as bad because Arizona was known for car shows because like in Southern Arizona. Like in Southern Arizona, it's it, it's there's no humidity, like it's it's just right. dry, which is great if you have a car hobby. Right, it means that bitch will never yeah, rust. That's exactly so it. Here. That's see, exactly it. You yeah. see all of the custom cars. I have seen every version of an El Camino that you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen every fucking like Transformers esque version of an El Camino that could possibly exist. <laughs> yeah, my favorite bit. And is, they all be bumping. I don't know how or where. <laughs> in, in one of the, um, it, it, it's a very police thing that happens here, is um, we have the car, people will like, like when like Target's closed, there's a big parking lot, they'll just have cars drive around, just circle, do whatever, do donuts out there. And the cops will come and break it up. 
and then everyone driving away from the cops will cause car accidents. Otherwise, <laughs> and then they report all these car accidents as like these city takeovers and all this stuff. And the, it's always the cops chasing these people away caused the car accidents. Otherwise, they were just doing donuts and listening to music for, and then they were going to go home. But the cop, and I'm just like, how, how police state of you <laughs> to cause these car accidents and then report it like these people are actively driving cars into hard surfaces because you're chasing them around. Anyway, I'm sorry. We were talking. We were talking about Palestine. We were talking serious stuff. We were talking serious stuff. And I, I will say this. I say this every fucking time because people be like, "I swear I'll get to games." I'm like, "This is this podcast is called ADD Space. It anything that is a nerdism falls under the purview of this fucking podcast." And guess what? That like act. Activism can be a thing, like activism, um, politics, world events, current. All, if you think we have not stopped and talked about important things about that, you would be fucking wrong. That's why we are here. Um, so I, I'm grateful you brought it up. Um, and I, I will say that, like, especially with like stuff like this, um, people are just gonna have like different ways of processing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there always there are, you know, I, I don't feel. I don't feel bad about like being like sad about watching like the world burn thing because I think that's a very normal like response, mm-hmm. especially after like the number, the all of the shit that we've been through. And like, mm-hmm. I know every generation has been through a lot, but like also mm-hmm. like millennials and Gen X's and Gen Z, we have seen a lot more than mm-hmm. what I think we were both like anticipating or what was expected or the people acknowledge because like even even our parents generation like i think i think we like to think of that like oh they you know because they had access to these things it was better but they also had different issues like our parents grew up with like the the way that our parents grew up with racism is much different than the way that like we are growing up with racism Mm -hmm. and so um there's also been like, but there's also been the idea of progress and that we're better and that people are better. And right now what we're seeing is international law falling apart. And so things that, things that like were supposed to be like signs of like good universal things that were agreed upon post-World War II actually don't mean anything. Um, and I, I feel like having that reaction is very normal mm. um, because again, like it's, 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 uh, it's, what is happening is conflicting with information that we had. Um, But also like, and I think even though it is a complex situation, I think we can find like smaller non-complex things about it. Like you can want, you can want for decolonization and you can want for peace simply just by being like, I don't want more bodies. Like that that's a very, very simple thing, right? Like I, I don't want more bodies. Like I'm I'm out here, like I don't know about the situation. I don't know, but I don't want more of this. Like something needs to get, like something needs to happen. And what the path that it's on isn't going to it's going to just lead to more bodies. Right. And so like I feel like that's that's a, you know, a really simple framing, right? But I also feel like it's an okay simple framing. Mm-hmm. Um 
And there is also the, like, if you want to know more, here are these sources. And I think there's also, like, a, um, trying to be careful about what sources are, because, like, even with the uh, Israel-Palestinian conflict right now, and I really hate saying conflict, but, like, I don't really have other words because it's all bad. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like, conflict just makes it sound not as bad as it is. <laughs> Right. Like, like there's full genocide happening here um uh with what's going on over there like there's there i mean there's there's ai images that are being used mm -hmm. like there's so much fake information and it's really hard to like like um find accurate information like even through the search engines because the search engines are incorporating ai and it's fucked up the algorithms um which is something that i've been having and i know how to find information just like <laughs> yeah. losing my shit. Um, so like I, so it's like one of those things too, where like people are just like looking at it and just be like overwhelmed, but also at the same time don't want whatever's happening. Um, I I think I think in those cases, not in those cases, but it, it's certainly like a product of the times right now of the things we have to um, keep in mind. Um, what what keeps me hopeful about a lot of things is that through collective power people like working together like you know people do build networks of a people who who whom who vet sources and things like that like i'm very careful with what i'm reading and who's this from and what have you and like oh i know who's this coming from and stuff like that yeah i i, I try to be but but sometimes it's just like i don't know about this so I'm gonna just take my time and look, but my general rule of thumb is like, okay, I, I'm pretty much following what like, I'm trying to follow what black activists did or have been doing for decades, right? Ones, ones who, who are trustworthy, right? And it's like, but even then I'm just like, okay, I'm making sure I'm not just gonna retweet anything willy nilly or just read or just co-sign or whatever, right? But anyway, long story short, Collective power is an amazing thing. Um, and has historically worked. Yes. Um, so yeah, however you choose to be involved, um, you'll know you're doing the right thing is when 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 you notice that you're you're joining people to do something, put out a statement, whatever it is. Um, and also, like as far as actions go, like over time, whatever you decide to do, and, or, or and an action can be as simple as like contacting your local representative and screaming at them, while you're also yeah. just screaming at the world burning. Right. That is right. It, that is actually in like it's one of those things where people like are, are like, oh, I'm just like a voice. My voice doesn't matter. But like every phone call that you do, like every like like letter that gets sent in, like that's all counted. Those are all counted. And they, they, they are not ignored. That stuff actually like becomes like things that form platform, that like influence plat uh, platforms during election times. So like, it, it's one of those things where it's just like, it's really easy to feel like, oh, my voice gets lost. But like your your voice is a, is, is a dot of information that affects real things and affects things close to you and far away from you. Yeah. Well Mostly. said. 
piggybacking on what you're saying. No, no, no. That was well said. That was well said. I don't think nothing else needs to be said. I was, yeah. For for me, the hopefulness usually it, it's I don't it's less hopefulness and more of like I really like history. Um, and the way that like history works is like it's like in waves. So mm. if you think about it as just like, um, like. Like there's a lot of progress that happens and then some of that progress gets swept away, but there's still progress. Like it's still better than what it was before. And then, Mm -hmm. and then more progress comes in and then some of that progress gets swept away, Mm -hmm. but it's still building on the previous foundation. So like, it's one of those things where it's just like things slowly get better. It's not, is it enough? Like, I mean, it's never enough. There's always improvement, um, mm-hmm. but it's never as bad as it was. And yeah. it sometimes the bad can still be really bad, but it's it's different, and it's not the same kind of thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the great thing about now is that there's there's, you know, there there's resources available, and people have have made efforts like um just one that just pops into my people people make games has a video about this like if you look it up on youtube i would recommend that it, it is um it's very straight to the point it it's um you'll you'll be more well informed watching that if if you're not sure or if you just want to be more informed like that that's a great place to start but um, yeah, but yeah, I, I think everything's been said about that. Unless um, Aaron has anything to add. Not to put you on the spot, big dog. I don't know if you were waiting or not. <laughs> no, no, nothing. I just um wanted to give you guys the floor, or more so. There is only so much. Um, there's no reason to have someone come and repeat what you said, and then come repeat what Bacon said, because I was gonna say what Bacon said, but it sounds better coming out of Bacon's face Paper because they're, they're the. <laughs> They're the um, CEO and CFO and proprietor of the program. So having them being the face of the show speaking up is critically important. Kind of like Mickey Mouse speaking up on behalf of Palestine, for example. So it's just more meaningful in that way. Little Captain America getting on the microphone much better than, you know, Falcon, who's me. Wait, did you just call me Little Captain America? I called you straight up Captain America and called myself Anthony Mackie. (laughs) You know what? Captain America. So why are you making me a white man? No, oh, you know it's the, it's the it's the um well I mean well the black one is Anthony Mackie and that unfortunately. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, right. uh, mm. Yes, I mean. Can I be comic book Falcon? Um, you know, in my head, I maintain that Aldous Hodges um, replacing Anthony Mackie in every single Anthony Mackie role would improve the quality of every single movie Anthony Mackie has ever played in ever, including Falcon. Aldous Hodges would kill it as fucking Falcon. He would be so beautiful and impactful and so beautifully black. And he just... That's a handsome man. That's a beautiful that individual a with a lot of fucking... He educated is, man. Bro, I'll accept being called him. Bro, listen. That's, that's, a, that's a glow up for me. In that Black Adam movie, he carried so hard as Hawkman. Like, the idea of Hawkman is silly. Hawkman is a silly character. He has gone on record as saying there are 47 versions of this character. This is bananas. And he fucking carried fucking Hawkman. All this shout out to Aldous Hodges. Apologies for calling you white. But you're still the face of the program. So your words mean more. Anyway, we have a program. Yeah. Oh, right. We do have a program. So the. We have a program? <laughs> 
tying back tying back to to games um Where the reason you? why i'm here is because um i wanted to talk about the layoffs that ha that 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 happened across have, the have, the are year happening, have are happening yes yes right because now we just entered december we don't know how many more there are can, can we just have like a special like can we just have like a moment to just say fuck you to anybody who does layoffs or maths layoffs right before the fucking holidays like there's a special level of hell for that right it it's interesting because it's literally for taxes that right it's <laughs> so we're talking about um by my professional estimate like i've lost i've lost count how many stories i've written across the year regarding this but um i think it's probably i'm gonna take a wild guess like it may not be 10,000 jobs that may have been lost like people who've lost like we're talking about like 10,000 people but it probably might be close to that because the number that's estimated is off because like hard numbers weren't provided by a good number of companies i personally think that by the end of the year, if more don't happen, and who, who who's to say that they might not, but it might be at ten thousand. So we're we're talking about, um, and that's why I wanted to ask Bacon and Aaron what what you both thought um, before I like I ramble. But we're talking about an industry that makes billions of of dollars, and all these companies, and I, and I'm talking mostly from like perspective of like larger companies right and you've had all these layoffs and you know people have mentioned well embracer did a lot of that and, and, I'll, and i'll talk about that specifically as well but it again it's just like you're talking about an industry that's just like short ten thousand people this right and you have to sit back and really think about that it's just like I cannot fix my lips and say it's been a good year for games because that that is not not true for the people who who's working it. I I I myself cannot say that because I would laugh at myself. Like I do not believe that whatsoever. Like granted, this year has had more like high rated games and yada 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 yada. Like I think I don't know. I think I even wrote, wrote a report about that. But it's like to me that doesn't really matter because all these people were out work. And the thing is, stuff's getting more expensive, housing's going up, salaries are not going up. And we're talking about 10,000 people without a job. And it is, it's been very weird for me to see that I've, after this, I'm gonna I'm, I'm open it up for you too, to give your opinion. But to me, it's been also, it's been very weird to like get a report See that people have been laid off from the studio. And then throughout the year, I've, I've seen something along of this cycle. It's like, it's been reported. I reported or I look into it. Someone publishes it, I read it. And then I see people giving out their grievances, other people saying they're sorry. And then people doing a combination of like, well, you know, we're hiring here and just seeing that on loop throughout the year. It's been very, very, um, I won't say surreal. It's just, it's just very odd because obviously, I'll, a good number of people are ha, have to be like automatic with that because that's just the reality. But to me, it's just like 
this is why like the career in a games industry is like on the u.s side is that i think it still hovers the average career is like what five or six years i i, I think I, I i checked last time it's reasons like this why it's short so it's like three to six okay yeah it's it's like uh the it gets it gets iffy uh aaron do you have thoughts um i don't I don't think it can be a good year for games when the actual job is so volatile. Like that's the thing. I, I guess I would want to like I would want to get a confirmation from you, Jeffrey. Is like so. It seems like you're working on a game. Um, some whoever is above you has deemed that this game is to sell way more than it would logically ever sell. And when it does not sell as much as it would logically ever sell during a recession, where no one, everyone else is getting fired from their job. Um, no one has money, so when you sell a reasonable amount of this game, then it is considered a failure because the initial projections were so far off base and out of touch of reality that there was no way anyone could possibly, there was no way that punishment would not be levied on, air quotes, punishment not be leveled on these developers for failing to make a quality product when from the outset, the projections of it were created and set, were, were so outlandish and out of touch that there's no way, it's almost like so, like, I remember when I was looking at, like, Callisto Protocol, and they were talking, I was reading about some, I said, like, I think it's, like, oh, I got the name of the publisher. They said they expected to sell about three million, yeah, they expected to sell about three million units. And I was, like, three million units of a brand new survival horror IP a month before Dead Space comes out? Three million units? And um, I think they sold less than a million, and then the team got disbanded. <laughs> And I was like, from the moment I read that in like April of that year for a game that came out in like November, I was like, this is not going to be good. And I was like, I cannot imagine the level of stress that must have you under for being a game developer, which is just an intense job anyway, to then essentially just kind of be dragged out to the guillotine where, you know, there's no, there is no, there's no, like, there's no, like, from the moment it's announced that the people who hold your jobs in their hand have no idea what's supposed to happen. They're not connected to reality. What can you, you know what I mean? Like what, you know, and then that type of, it's like, it can't be good if there are thousands of people working under, tens of thousands of people working under those conditions specifically. It's, uh, it's worse than that, actually. What do you, what do you mean? Uh, the general way that things work like it now it's gotten a little bit like it's gotten a, a little bit more stable like depending on what company that you work for mm -hmm. but and i mean that extremely loosely mm -hmm. but generally how it works is when they're work when they're making a game they hire a bunch of people with the intention on laying everybody off when the game is done that's the game industry Fully. every game oh so those, so the projections are just words to grease the wheels like, for like mass layoffs. Like that, that yeah. is standard game industry practice. Also, you hire a bunch of people to make a game with the intention of laying them off. Oh, so every game, the ever almost the entire staff is laid off. Retaining staff is weird. So they might like there might be some publishers or companies they'll be like they'll like keep writers on staff right because like the writers will produce the next game right but like 
that's that's but like all the small writers like so you have you have like the head the head writer right they're not doing all of the writing they have like a team that works underneath them right that team most of that team is getting laid off yeah so then all this so then so like the like the art directors they have teams that work under them those teams are getting laid off Hmm. So then, so, so, I, have, so I have a question. Then. Oh, so I have a question. So yep. then, is it? So then, well, so I'm wondering then is so when you work on a project that fails, air quotes, does that affect poorly on you going forward? Because there's like hiring someone to I, lay them not off. Really? Okay, I was wondering because it's like there's hiring someone to uh, lay them so off. It, oh, this is this is also where NDAs get really fucky too. So like, there's a lot of people that get hired on for games that we never see. So, but they're also under NDA. And so that means when they're looking for jobs, they'll be like, there's this idea that they can't talk under the project about the project. Now I'm going to tell you, and this is, this is a thing that like, you'll, you'll see it on game, like on, this was a big thing on game devs, Twitter and adjacent. Um, there's like a huge call. They're like, listen, uh, people who just got fired. I know there's a lot of marginalized folks of you. Uh, I know you think you're under NDA. And you are under NDA, but your white colleagues are finding ways around that. I'm not going to tell you how, but I must suggest you go do some networking and figure out or like figure out what people are saying about their work to get around NDAs. Because that's a thing. So there's like there's that, too. So like if, if the game doesn't get released, like you're still working, but you also still get fired. Hmm. So like the game industry like to, like is way more volatile than you're even thinking it is. Well, as and a, it, like it's not even just the QA team. Like it's also just devs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was wondering whether all of these air quote failures were reflecting poorly because it's, it's almost like your job and, is volatile no, and then, not really. Okay, good. It doesn't. Okay. No, right. only reflects like like it reflects like poorly on the publisher. It makes the publisher look bad. I mean, the publishers say some outlandish shit, so that's on them. I just wanted to make sure that the, I, the people... I'm like, it doesn't even really make the studio look bad because, like, if we're talking about studios, like, you're talking about ones that are, like, also self-publishing. Like, or or studio... Or publishers that have studios under them. Like, I'm a... I'm a... Uh, like, like by, there's I'm going to use Bioware because, like, they're on the... They're right there, and they're also relevant to a conversation that we're having. Bioware as a studio looks bad because they've had successive failures. But every single one, like everybody who hasn't quit the game industry, those writers who who are actually like looking to go somewhere did get hired somewhere else. All right. To an answer, um, to answer your your question more directly, like in a case of Callisto Protocol. Um, so professionally, what I could say in that case, that was more of an example that you often see where someone, someone that's been in the industry um, for a good number of years has, has a, a good portfolio. They start a new studio, they do a new thing. It was like, you know, a part of um, the Game Awards. People get excited. And yes, a 
pub publishers will, will set, you know, sales uh, goals. And honestly, from my personal opinion, it feels like a dice roll because I don't know how they how they gauge things a lot. It, it depends on the type of game, type of market, the audience, all that. It, I don't know. It's it it's like so because like the, it it's it's a failure. It's a project management failure. There's always a failure between like projections and realistic. Like like they try to be like, okay, this is like this is realistic, right? For like projections. But when you're doing like a project that it covers like the span of four years and anything can happen. And there's they I they honestly just haven't found a production flexible way of dealing with that. I think a lot of like smaller companies have started figuring that out with more of like by doing uh kind of like open open betas for that last for like years. Or like, hey, this game isn't finished. You can like partake in as it, it progresses and they pull in money, but they have like budgeted amount of money. They have budgeted amount of labor. They have a they have a scope. The project is always out of scope, but there's like no wiggle room or flexibility for it being out of scope. They don't really just start with the idea that this is going to be more intensive than we think it is. And they don't yeah. like account for that. Um, and I think that's kind of a thing that the game industry in general and probably the tech industry is trying to like figure out a way to work around. There, I, I have published a lot of stuff that has also said that um, a lot of like dev cost and and overhead and stuff like that and all all these things that it, it it's not sustainable because the costs keep growing and it's this general rule of thought where. If it doesn't meet goal X, Y, Z, then to shore up our losses, we're going to get rid of all these people. And that's that's what's been happening, right? Um, in the, a case of, go ahead, Vegan. Yeah, it's, 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 it's weird because, um, and I've, I've stated this before, but like the data just doesn't back it up. It's literally just a thing that you do to appease shareholders. And that's, specifically in such in cases where talent is normally retained not where they're planning on getting rid of them in general so like i have to make this distinction like like companies like bungie where they're holding on to people for like 10 years five to ten years and it's over and it's not just on one thing is not the norm like usually they just get rid of people like even bring in new people for even like when it comes to they might keep some people around for like DLC, but they'll bring in more people to do DLC like sort of thing. Like the way that like Bungie was functioning as a company is not the norm. Um, uh, and, and and again, like some of the others, like the longevity, like they, they just fire everybody. It's already planned in. So like there's a lot of um, like part of game dev Twitter was also like talking a lot about how they're like, oh, well, my I don't want to buy a house 
before COVID. They're like, I don't want to buy a house because I'm going to have to move in three years. Because they're like, this game has a has a projected time of like three to four years, and I know my job is up then. And they're not even contracted. They're hired. They already know. So they're like, they're having to move all across the bouncer across the country because they don't have stable work. Like this game industry is not stable work. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, another like, um, I'm sorry. Can you refresh the last thing you said, uh, Jeffrey? Just like, but so uh, what was I saying? Yeah, when 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 sales when like projected sales fall short to reduce like to to reduce the fact that it didn't meet sales that they were projecting, they'll just let go of people. Yep, there we go. So, but yeah, back to that was on the there's actually no data that supports it. You actually cost your you actually cost your money more you cost your company more money by laying off people. Like actively, because the, the 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 loss of talent, the loss of even if even if you're in an industry, in, you're like in an industry where like training isn't really a thing. They're still like forming teams and like getting to know people, and like there's a whole integration process. Like you are actively costing yourself money by uh, laying everybody off and by bringing new people in. And another thing, too, is like when you hire people, you have to pay them more than what you were than the people that you just laid off for the same position. It's that, um, that's a that's a thing that's also like unique to like our generations, like, you know, this time period rather, because before it was you could get more money by just like getting promoted, but actually or staying within the same company. But it's actually more. It's actually better to jump around to different jobs because every two years, because that's how you actually get significant pay increases. Mm. Uh, but what the what the laying off does? It just appeases shareholders, who are like, "You fucked up. You didn't make the money you said you're gonna do. What are you gonna do?" Well, we laid off all these people. That doesn't actually move the numbers in any meaningful way whatsoever. And there's like a lot of data, a lot of data that. Sh- that continuously proves that it's kind of wild actually the reading reading all these earning earnings reports it, it it's very it's obviously very obvious uh, obviously it's very obvious it's clear that these companies the the whole point for these companies is that is growth 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 right and mm-hmm. when when you're reading these earnings reports and you're getting in the weeds of that, and I, I've I've like read these things and looked at all this data, it's clear that yes, they want to appease their shareholders because it looks good when we keep on making money, right? And the thing about when things fall short. You know, other companies that well, we have more things in the pipeline or what have you, or we'll just um, who who am I thinking of? Um, I'm thinking of Sega because they they had that um, they canceled that hyenas game, and when they did, they laid off some people. I think at Creative Assembly, who's normally known for like 
developing and releasing, you know, Total Total War, right? That that's RTS series. And I, I think like the CFO of Sega says like, well, they're normally good at RTSs and we're just gonna focus on that. But the thing is they tried to do something new with the new game, it didn't work out. And the answer was that, okay, well, we're just gonna cancel this and um get rid of some of you. Right. But the thing is, a lot of that has been happening throughout the year. For, and again, when when these job cuts happen, the thing I always think about professionally is just that immediately, how much this giant company made in the previous year, or you can look at the last quarter. I think of two things, actually. How much was made? How much is the CEO getting paid? <laughs> that, that those are two things I want people to think about often whenever you see these jobs because because the thing is I have if I'm wrong then let me know I have yet to see anything recently that said that well to offset this the CEO will take a pay cut <laughs> if I'm not mistaken I think something like that came up regarding Bungie I could be wrong don't, don't quote me, but it's something that's like, well, to offset these job cuts, is leadership thinking about like getting pay cuts? And I think the answer was no. And well, that's all what happened. Yeah, but I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. They don't have anybody. You know. That, I, I'm just like, I'm like, they didn't even lay off like lo- just like the lower. Fu- they, they, they cut everybody across the board. And I'm just like. You cut people that you can't cut when you've got a big DLC coming. I'm like, who are you gonna hire? That your your remaining staff can't do this. No, I, I I was just like, I don't I don't know what's happening. I I was just like, okay, guys. Yeah, I've I've got. Like, 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 I, like, I, like, I, I said before, I was just like, I got some thoughts on it, and, you know, in, in the case of like Bungie, that it, it was just, this is just some seriously terrible, ma- like, business management, just like, really awful. And one of the things that really bothers me about like, like the, the growth mindset, is that there's also nothing that supports that, at all. Like the like, there's nothing that supports like this constant. It does not work in any practice whatsoever at any any time. Um, at some point, you stop. You slow down. You can't like. You see this? Uh, I'm going to use edu- kind of an education as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like with accreditations and like you have to have like X number of graduates every year. But like when you're at 99%, you can't get higher than 99%. Like you can't, you can't get higher. You need to, you need to have a business model that uh, you need to follow the numerous business models that are successful, by the way, (laughs) that, uh, uh, acknowledge that constant growth doesn't work there's just periods where you're just gonna be stagnant there's periods where you're gonna fall 
and then there's periods you're gonna have you're gonna have a great year like it it just be like that and it's 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 bizarre because like there are large functioning companies that um do understand that i'm not saying they're great i'm not gonna lie like no large company is great that does not exist as as, as when you have like five thousand people it cannot be great. I'm sorry. <laughs> it can be a better situation than you thought. <laughs> but there's there's too much human human in in that space. Um, uh, but yeah, there's there's large functioning companies that do understand that, and they're like, oh well, we didn't have a great year. We're not doing mass layoffs. We're just not really hiring anybody right now, which is mm. fine. <laughs> Yeah. Um, or we're just keeping at the numbers that we need. Yeah. The the thing about that too is I've just seen countless examples of where that earnings. The thing about earnings reports is a big deal because the thing is that is a company letting the larger public know how well it's performing. And the thing is about this capitalist society is that a lot of these companies are beholden to that. Like, and that's, that, that's another point I wanted to make people is like, please remember, these are institutions of capitalism. They are not paragons of good. They are not, not, <laughs> I was about to say, they're not your friend as much as whatever did the parasocial relationship marketing however good however much money they spend on that they're they're not they however are, much money they spend on trying to make it look like they're a great company that is not the case right they are in the business of getting money out of you and however they want to spend that hey we provide great content yada 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 the thing is that when 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 it's time for those reports they want to be in a green and as you're reading through them, you see that a lot of their business model, whatever, whatever like it specifically is, they will let you know, this is what makes us money. This is what we provide. This is what we know we're good at. And when they're not good at something, those tend to be buried deeper in a report, but <laughs> yes, it sir. will, it will, it will say something to the effect of, well, we made a misstep. Well, this and that. Here's how we fix it. And if in a case, of, if it's a, a particular kind of game, if it's new or what have you, it will be, well, we're refocusing thing. Or instead of saying layoffs, they'll say restructuring program to, again, shore up funds so their report looks better for shareholders. And the thing with that, and, and, and like the poster child of that for the games industry has been Embracer. But the thing in that case is that oh, Embracer, <laughs> Embracer group throughout the years, it did a lot of acquisitions to make the, the, the group overall just have different venues of, you know, content and um, revenue sources. But the thing is, they were betting a lot with um, the business deal they had with um, the Savvy Game Group. That's the um, 
the Saudi-owned um, gaming firm. But for whatever reason, that deal fell through, right? But the thing is, that was a $2 billion deal they were really hoping to get. Yeah. And it fell through. So they announced that restructuring plan. That was like to hit the panic button, essentially, right? Because I don't know what their projections were, but from, from my reporting and reading, it's just like a lot was writing on that deal. It didn't happen. So long story short, from when they announced that restructuring plan in July till now, that company has laid off nearly a thousand people and shut down studios, laid off people. That's why Volition no longer exists. Like, think about that. Volition was open. No, Volition was in operation for 30 years. That's a whole adult just mm-hmm. gone. Because like the the new I, I know the newer Saints Row game had a, had its various problems. But like just think about that. 30 years. Just right. But it wasn't the only studio that was shut down and what have you. But like when, when you when you think about things like that, it 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 again should should reinforce this like people are beholden to these business decisions. When you read things like oh, this was a very difficult decision to make or what have you. It's like a lot of times I think about that and who's directly in charge about that. I'm like, but is it? I'm sure you still have your home. You probably got a backyard. My ass don't got a backyard. I'm black and I live in the South. So you you, you imagine what my economic um, opportunities are like. But anyway. Uh, um, I don't want to talk about it. You live in the <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You live inside someone's subwoofer, for example. No backyard. You know. <laughs> you live inside someone's subwoofer. So, <laughs> so but like, it, it it's it, it's things like that that make you think. Perhaps how the industry is ran maybe shouldn't be cheerleaded. You know, but the thing is, the games industry is a lot of things. It's, it's a lot of things. It's not just the business stuff like that. But like when you're seeing stuff on MSNBC and CNN, whatever, a lot of it is like the business stuff and how much money it makes. Whatever. And that's and that's another thing I want to talk about, too. It's like you see all that money. But like when you break it down by like these different giant companies and who has most of the money and what have you, it's still, uh, uh, at the end of the day, a lot of it is still... Dev cost and uh, making sure the shareholders are happy. But again, it's just like the technology costs, though, are technology. Yeah. Pipelines. Yes. All that. It's exorbitant. Like, like people like it's one of those. Listen, I am broke. I will not question an increased cost in the actual game product. Like. Like the tech costs that go into some of these games is unbe fucking leavable. Right. Yep. And it just keeps increasing. Like it increases every year, which is another like That's a problem, yes. No, that's a pro- legitimately a problem. It's, it's actually a projection. It's actually like like a a a an issue when you're trying to make your projections 
because you're like, I know that the tech is going to increase. I know that the tech we're going to use and need is going to increase while we're working on this project, but there's no fucking possible way for us to know how much and in what quantity and in what world events are going to fuck with that shit. Like the way that like, like the, um, you get a use of COVID, COVID in the supply chain, the way that COVID and the supply chain, which is still fucked up by the way, has um, like just like, Fucked up the superconductor uh, cost. What are fucking superconductors for? Servers. Mm-hmm. Mm. They're used in servers. Guess what that meant for live service games and MMOs and all of them? It made them three times more expensive. And then do you know what happened with those superconductors? Companies like NVIDIA specifically had first priority. Like they're they're actually like companies had priority on who were getting them first. So if you it, it's also what happened where it made uh it made like buying a pre-made computer like cheaper than uh building your own because the people who are the companies that were building the computers and then shipping them to like sub shipping them to like suppliers. I mean shipping them to like, you know, the people who sell them. Uh they're getting those first party deals and then selling. So like, there's a lot of shit like that that's just not taken into account. And like, again, the tech costs are unbe-fucking-leavable. And there's no way to like really do accurate projections of that. You can like, kind of like, guess? You can be like, well, like, you know, this was, this is how much it increased over these like, four or five years in the past, but this is our current situation now, and uh, who the fuck knows? (laughs) Copper suddenly became super valuable again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, uh, Just uh, like a lot of of shit like that. Um, And yeah, like it's like, I feel like the games industry is one of those industries that like, grew really fast and never figured out like what they need to do to actually be successful yes it grew fast but uh, inefficient wildly wildly inefficient and i also feel like this is a general tech company problem as well yes like i but i i also throw like i so there's like there's a tech industry right I think of the games industry as like a subgenre of the tech industry. So they have like the same issues, but there's some unique stuff to the game industry. I don't know if that makes sense or if it's accurate. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's uh, one of the reasons why I always question people lamenting like, you know, they're folks who are like dead set against large scale AAA games and they always want older games. They, they wonder what happened to certain classics. And I'm like, well, to scale, the classic games you liked when you were younger, 15, 20 years ago, were made by effectively double-A development teams. Much smaller, much more efficiently made back then. Now, it's just out of control. We are not, it's not built to give you the things that you're looking for. And uh, that's like, it's built, it's, it can barely, it's barely built to sustain itself. <laughs> barely. Barely. It can't sustain itself. Like, I mean, there's a reason why Square Enix just let go of, like, all of their old titles. Yeah. Animal. They just said, here, the licenses, feel free. Who oh, wants yeah. to pay for them? Mm. <laughs> We're not going to do anything with these anymore. 
now Embracer has those. I don't know why. Like, this is why I said I don't understand what Embracer was doing. Because if you buy up all of those licenses, you buy up half of, like, you buy up half of a company's studios. You buy up additional studios. Why the fuck did you think you were going to be in the green? Do you know how many years it takes to fucking recover from that sort of thing? I mean, I assume they had handshake I genuinely deals. don't understand. Uh, they had handshake deals lined up. Also, I watched the Netflix documentary about how they fucked it up. Both of these things are true. Seemed like, seemed like they had deals lined up the way, you know, I mean, I mean, did it seem like wise at the time? No, but I imagine that's what some white man would tell you in whatever language. They had deals lined up and they all fell through, especially the biggest one. So here they are. The thing... The thing with uh, uh, acquisitions, too, is just like, largely the thought process is that, okay, these people will provide this kind of content, whatever, so that looks, overall, that's going to look good for us as far as our, our earnings portfolio is going to, you know, look, that, that, that was the whole thought process. But it takes years. It's right. not an instant return. You, you, you annex for the future, not for the present. Well, I, I'm confused. Right. <laughs> Which is why, when that two billion dollar deal fell through and did not happen, the panic button was hit, and unfortunately, that right there cost a thousand people their jobs throughout the year that just embraced it alone that's not counting everybody else that i mean that's yeah that's not counting everybody else. that's not counting everyone else um regarding the the conversation about sustainability companies are thinking about that but it, it it's funny is that i've seen that as a conversation as far as like operational sustainability is something that smaller studios um have talked about like openly yes like larger companies is like you, you'll notice that larger companies will have conversations about well we're going to these other things uh, i'll use ubisoft as an example it's a I game publisher you. but you've you've seen them talk about like we're getting into film and stuff like that they they had um captain uh uh, uh they had a netflix show come out recently i because oh. of their entertainment firm I oh, literally that. have only seen Square Enix talk about it when they're not trying to when they're when they're not um uh trying to keep their CEO from talking about NFTs. Mm. You're saying there? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think that. he's I don't think he's in charge anymore. Thank you. Got ousted. Um, I forgot the name of the Is show. Is that white man still in charge? Also, Aaron, you're coming in oh. low. Oh, Captain Laserhawk. Laserhawk. That Captain Laserhawk. Yeah, yeah. The show about Ubisoft creative properties, yeah, Making... intellectual properties. Yes. Which is funny because that show poked fun at itself in a way I wasn't expecting. It's just like, are are y'all just doing this to just like, haha? We poke fun of ourselves. Is, is this really like commentary? Or like, probably not really commentary. How do you think about yourself? I don't know because so, yeah. the whole thing with the board so, of directors, I kept thinking about. I'm like, hmm. So I think that there are some things that have so little faith in the so creative endeavors that have so little faith from the company that they get the accidental creative freedom because they just get like put on an outpost and then they're like do this show and then they just whatever 
and it winds up being you had this creative freedom because no one's looking at you. Kind of like the first Miles Morales, the Miles Morales movie from Sony. Like Sony clearly had no faith in that animated Miles Morales movie. Henceforth, it was wildly creative because they accidentally left everyone alone, abandoned them to make this movie, yada yada, Spider-Man, whatever. <laughs> and it's like, so it's just like, it seemed like that show was kind of benefiting from that thing, that like, that like accidental corporate phenomenon where they have so little faith in you, you get creative freedom, air quotes, accidental, incidental creative freedom. Because that show is actually really good. And I was like... Yeah, it's surprisingly good. It's like, really- in terms of like using source material like making meta commentary yes. about the larger entertainment firm and like rayman yes. snorting coke which makes sense to the story i was just like Listen. so y'all didn't look at this y'all just like right go ahead do whatever right go ahead and do they whatever did not pay any no fucking faith. attention yeah those show those shows are an act of their shows are a show of lack of faith <laughs> from the overarching corporation that is responsible for green lighting it they didn't think anything of it. They don't care. And they catch wind of it being good all the way on the back end. They forget that the show, Captain what? Oh, they, oh. And then they got to go look through old emails. They got to search Captain Laserhark <laughs> on the search bar, see what was said, looking up old threads, going back on Slack. It's, it, it, yeah. Like, I, I went into that not knowing anything. And then I was like, huh, okay. You know, but 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 to um go back to the yeah, I don't I don't um the the thing that gets me too with uh these layoffs that I've been thinking about is just that I don't know if there'll be a comprehensive report um regarding the demographics of the people who lost these jobs. Cause the thing is Why would as that- we as we right, I know, but like the thing that we know is like you know when you're the last one in the door, you're the first one to go. So I I think a lot about like even though the games industry is not really great with marginalized people, like I think no, about like I, how many of these people you know. I I actually think about that a lot with Bungie specifically because um like and I know like it's like downtown Bungie time and I'm like well y'all fucked up. Uh, but a, a really important thing is Bungie had an extremely diverse staff in comparison to the rest of the industry, especially for being a company of their size. They did have a lot of like non-white people. They had a lot of queer people. They had a lot of like disabled people and like trans folks. Like they really had a diverse company and they like wanted to build around having a diverse company and they just let everybody go. And I'm just like, pushes glasses up. I would like to see them reports. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... I'm, I'm, I've got the curious. Yeah, it, it, it's just... It doesn't leave a lot of, con- I don't even, I, I can't even say the word confidence, but it's just like, again, you know, with, with all these people losing these jobs, it's just like, I don't, <laughs> it's going to be funny when like they put out reports, just, yeah, look at us at diversity, but also we cut like 2000 people last year. In what? like a month, in, in October, they spent all of like October through November just laying people off. Uh, and again, there's a sp- 
special layer in hell for people who do it before the holidays because that it's literally taxes. It's the mass layoffs before the end of the year is literally just for taxes. And nobody across the fucking country is doing hiring except for in those like few industries where they're always hiring because they always need bodies because desperate. It's like a few like trade specific industries um, and whatnot all. Uh, they don't like uh, hiring doesn't start till February. Mm. All them job posts you see from now until January because we missed the seasonal rush. We're 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 past the seasonal. Once it once it hits uh, December, it's over until February hits. Then they start hiring for February. All the posts up for now, they're they're not hiring. Those are just ghost positions. I the more. Literally like, for taxes. <laughs> I could not imagine being jobless and having, you know, like no no source of income or, or support, whether it be from like family, community, friends, what have you, and going into the new year, you know. It's but but the messed up, <laughs> I absolutely I it, I, I can only imagine. Brother, been there. It sucks. <laughs> I, I I think it needs to be said that despite that, that there's people in this industry who have who have experienced that a number of times every and are fucking, every, still here. Every fucking game, they experience and it. Every fucking game they've worked on, they experience it. That is. Yeah, this is another thing that the game industry does. It, it manipulates passion. It it's that's also that's a, it's a it's a unique thing with the games industry because you don't go into the game industry unless you fucking love video games. And a lot of people will stay there through the abuse because there there's a lot of abuse throughout this industry. Like it's actually kind of known for it. It's and not saying that like, you know, it's it's unique from like other industries, but it's it's especially bad. Um, like it, it's pretty bad uh, uh, in the in terms of like how many hours you're expected to work, uh, the things that you're expected to do if you're a marginalized person, like the things that you encounter, and it is it specifically hold, takes a hold over you over your passion. So like you fucking love video games. And you fucking love being like having your name on the credits and being able to look and be like, I fucking did that. This is me doing what I love, but also living in abject hell. It um, only to get laid off right before fucking Christmas. Like it's actively taking over passion. And that's and and that is the reason why folks uh, leave after three to six years. Right. Um, another like it, another thing I did want to bring up because like this whole thing is like the the thing with like the layoffs is so multi layered and like I've been meaning to bring this up and I feel like I like touched on it before but never went into it like there is an active pushback right now to labor mm-hmm. as well like this isn't like like some of this is also just not hey we're trying to make shareholders we're trying to look good some of this is actually this is 
one of those things that sounds like a conspiracy, but it's not. It's actually a union busting technique and has that there's historical precedent for this. This is a thing that happens. They are actively trying to lower the wages of workers while also trying to be exert control over workers. This is like this it's 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 literally like when you know um listen what was it is it a business insider or was it fortune whoever we were talking about the other day i'm like they've been on one lately <laughs> it was like i'm like y'all been pro labor and i'm confused <laughs> it was it was one of the financial news news platforms that has been continuously posting like pro labor stuff and i'm like what <laughs> mm what like like pro union things but um i will have to remember what it is before i i've it's 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 had me shook uh but like it, it you know talking with like inflation right now right the increase in inflation is has been manufactured it's not right. it's not natural causing inflation it's it's folks just jacking up the prices for no reason i found out before, so I found out like, I think around maybe before 2010, like I just found out like uh, some food industries were like, nah, let's raise up um, the prices of eggs. Like not, yes. not that's not counting now. That's not counting like how much a carton of eggs are now. Like they, I, I forget exactly the details, but pretty much it's like, nah, we're gonna raise that up, Tim. I was just like, Amen. Yes. Wow. Yes. Guess what they did over COVID and continued to do like multiple. And like, I know like this, I know it's one of those things that sounds like conspiracy level, but like, it's not like there there's, you can actually, you, you can find, eat, find actually pretty, pretty easy. Um, it like easy to find information on multiple outlets, like talking about it. Like it's not, this is like, it's, the, like the prices aren't going up because of like actual inflation. Like this is just uh, it, it it's greed. <laughs> um, and but the same thing is happening with labor. Like there's been collective organizing occurring, and this is and and union unionization and like a push for unionization that's been occurring throughout the tech industry and throughout the game industry and there's been massive pushback and not just around like like there's been like this has been the fucking year for um labor collective uh action it's been so great like the last like couple this year especially the last year so good um but like this is an active pushback against it like that is happening yeah, there there have been reports of um, laying off teams at uh, various studios and, and places where they were making pushes for unionization. So yeah, that that falls under the label of union busting. It's not funny. I, I I'm not laughing like haha. I'm laughing like it. Hey, yeah, that's not good. Um, you know you know what's funny? Uh, not funny. Haha, just funny sad. 
it's that despite the fact Forbes. that is big. Sorry, it was Forbes. <laughs> oh, Forbes. Oh, oh wow. Forbes. Okay. Forbes oh, wow. has gone pro labor. <laughs> it's it, it it's that despite things like pay being notoriously bad and a lot of obviously we're talking about like Western um in the US like game development, but like these studios being located in expensive locations and pay just stinks for people who aren't in I I forgot who exactly I was talking to but like I was talking to someone and and they were explaining to me like you know their career and stuff like that and I was just sitting there I was thinking I'm like so this person lives where and then I was just like, and while they were explaining, my brain was doing that, that, well, I'm just sitting in the back of the class, just uh, listening to a lecture. And then I was just like, damn, so you, you've like went through this period, you're probably making this much. I don't know how you were getting by to get where you are now. It is a miracle you are here, but I, I didn't, I didn't say all that. I, in my head, I just thought, okay. Man, it's, it's, again, you know, I, I go back, like, if anyone, if, if I was say I was like on MSNBC and they were asking me about like what I think about um, all these job cuts in gaming, it's like, again, I would, I would just have to refer to, you know, how much did this massive company make last year? How much is the CEO getting paid? And with these two things in mind, how does that how does that necessitate however many people's jobs are being cut? And with these people's jobs being cut, not everybody gets a, a severage package, a severance package. Yeah, words. No. And and guess what? If you're a contracted employee, you don't get shit. You don't get shit because contracted employee <laughs> contracted employees generally don't have rights unless they're going through an employment agency. And then their their um, stuff is through the employment agency, and if they don't, and there's not severance from employment agencies, in generally, right. And that's if strong if. Yeah, and, and it's these things I think about. Is like these are things I want people to to really just think about and observe before they really put themselves in this, because this is a very real possibility. I honestly do not really see it changing. Again, there are smaller studios who, oddly enough, ran by marginalized people who work on sustainability, who account for these things, who, who like keep, who have like multiple projects, but they're built where their previous project will fund their next project. So they're like not in a position where they'll lay off people. But, you know, again, it's just like, if I was talking to someone, they really wanted to get into it. And I was like, are you aware of all these things? They say, yes. I'm like, are you really aware of all these things? Did you study what it might look like? Because I would then tell them, I don't want you to be out in, 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 in the middle of Techland in California. You just lost your job. And this house that you live in with three other people, now you can't pay rent. I don't know what's going to happen to you, pimp, but I'm worried. I don't want you to be in that kind of position. That's what I would honestly say to somebody. 
before they think about doing this now. Like, especially now what I know reporting, I was like, please think about this. Yeah, I really wanted to, I, I wanted to do a character art design for games. Absolutely fuck not. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I looked in, I, I really did, I really did some research. I, I looked into it. Uh, I, more than just the pay, I was like, like, what's the education? What's gonna be the cost of the education? What's gonna be the likelihood of getting hired out of college? Uh, getting into it, the competitiveness is fucking wild. Um, you generally have like, it, it, absolutely bonkers. You usually have to work some real shit stuff in order to like get and do some networking to like get in there, and then once then you're in there. Enter a conversation we've had the last hour. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, no. I, I, I'm okay not doing it. <laughs> you know what I will do? I will use my character in brain like, uh, playing tabletop games with my friends. <laughs> it's just... I... that That's why, like... This is not throwing any shade. That's why, like, part of me, like, like with the game, game awards or whatever, it, it's like stuff like that. I like, I honestly can't really be excited. Like, what's what, what's really being celebrated? No, truthfully, like, I want someone to like. I'm a reporter. I, I do this for a living. What's really being celebrated? I don't get it either because most of the games, like, like, are only from like the last six months. And any game that comes out in January doesn't get counted. And any game that comes out in November and December doesn't get counted true there i mean like like games don't stop coming out and so it's like okay we have best indie game and i'm like okay but the best indie game actually came out in december where where does it go nowhere yeah so from like the from the time that the from like the you know the nominations date forward like like the the dead the deadline for nominations forward that they don't count the they don't count that amount of time and then, like, anything that comes out early in the year just gets forgotten about. Like, I still say that Octopath Traveler 2 is, like, best game in it, one of the best games of the year, period. Yeah, it, it's just, like... I mean, shit, Alan Wake 2, Jesus. And I don't, I don't, like, yes, I understand and that's all these... The indie games. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, that's another conversation. Like, I understand all these games came out and they a lot of them are really good creative feats and what have you and people put their their foot uh their foot in it all that stuff yes i get all that there's there's also doesn't equal more money for people (laughs) there's that (laughs) there's that i think about things like that but again it's just like we are talking about an industry that's that that saw 10 thousand people lose their jobs and like if i if if i was there and i accepted word honestly dog don't 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 give me no podium don't give me no mic because i'll be very honest i'll be like i I honestly tell people i like i'm just here for appearances i ain't gonna hold you this is gonna be super short all my homies lost their jobs thanks for the support i guess i'm out peace 
That's it. Right. Like, who is it? Who's it? It's it, it feels like a circle jerk for no reason. I don't like, it. it it's, it's the thing about that, that show. And again, it's no shade. Like, I know a lot of people are excited for it. The thing is, it it's I can say this as a professional. A lot of these shows do operate like a big song and dance for the industry for like news and advertisement and it's also opportunity for like new games to show up it, it, it's like a, the industry like waving its pom-poms for itself that that's that's really what these things are again whether or not that's a good or bad thing depends on who you are for me it's just that ever since i became a journalist i see a lot of these things as like a massive shows of advertisements and the things you've probably noticed that when i'm on discord i'm being like eh Cause that's how I feel now. It's just like, okay, I can watch trailers when I'm not working, I guess. But I'm, to me, it's just like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like that's kind of all of us. I think the only, I think the only ones that we actively watch is the Nintendo direct. Yeah. <laughs> Nintendo. Has I a, can't. Nintendo has a way. <laughs> Nintendo has a way of sliding in indie games and things that I want, like right in, like at the, uh, the minute of completion of the Nintendo direct It's like, you look and there's just something of interest so yeah, those are the best ones. Otherwise, now the rest of them we, we we skip, we skip. Yeah, I don't I don't think like like I I think outside of the D- Nintendo Directs, like we just be looking at highlights, be like what's coming out this year. Like I don't I I do not care. I, li- I, <laughs> I like the um, mental ex. I like the mental gymnastics of um like when Microsoft has their um has their showcases and every single game is on game pass and everyone in the comments is like really gnashing their teeth over spending like full prices for all these games and i'm like you all realize this is netflix guys please just do it or don't do it that's the point of this and <laughs> the mental gymnastics always make me laugh just kind of looking at the comments i get a kick out of people really gnashing their teeth over it and i'm just all right guys but yeah my, my favorite is like when uh sony be like this is here here's our sony here's our games coming out on sony and i'm like but Oh, Five yeah, of those no. are on Game Pass. Oh, no, yeah. Sony come out there and just be acting like every game is a PlayStation exclusive, though. They just be out here acting like Big Macs. It's and very Wofford. funny. I'm like, yo, they claim, uh, they claim, oh, okay. Bro, they, Sony, just, Sony claims everything, though. That's my fucking thing. I'm Sony like, where's the, part of the, the thing, but, but things like that, I, I, I could say, like, that's just a part of. It's marketing. Again, the, the, yeah, it's just a part of marketing. That's just them. It's like, well, our offerings are XYZ and yada, 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 you know. Um, it, what okay well the the exception to what i just said though about these shows is like except when it's like very except when it's a case of like if it's a show or thing that's like very like region specific or if it's something i'm not familiar with then i'll be like oh what's this like um if it's like an indie showcase for like 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 a win um there's that indie showcase specifically for uh, Caribbean developers, or I think it's like Sony when they're they're doing a showcase of like games being made by like Chinese um, game developers and things like that. That I tend to look into because, again, the Western the big giant shows for the Western ones, I'm just like, <clears throat> it's over here. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> All right. But um, yeah, I don't know. And again, I know it makes me sound like a hater, but that's in my bio anyway. So take no, it or leave I mean, it. But I mean, this is a team of professional haters. You're not a you're not a hater. You've just been around games for a long time. Is that many legs of the hype machine just don't? 
they literally just slide off your back. True. It, it, yeah, it, the hype it, machine it, doesn't work. It doesn't work the way it used to. Yeah, it, it, and, you, and you have yeah, a job, I, and you have a job quantifying the game industry and critiquing it and observing it. Ain't no way. Nothing works on you. That's why I don't even talk to you about games, even though you work, even though you read about them all day. You're in there. It, you y'all know what's funny about that? It's just like <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say this out of pocket. So the thing is that um. I'll just be minding my business and someone will tag me in a trailer or something like that. It's like, hey, have you seen this? And then I'm like, yes, six hours ago. <laughs> but I will say that. I'll be like, hmm, interesting. But I, I won't I won't say like, yeah, I saw it earlier today because I was literally like scouring the internet for news. And it's like, but I appreciate I appreciate the gesture. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I was just like, oh, okay, they, that's nice. Thank you. They are. They are. Bless their heart. That's they true. are thinking no. of you yeah. and not your job. They are thinking about you and they're they're trying to be like I they're trying to say like I was thinking about you and I saw this and I wanted to share this with you, not realizing that your job makes that you already have Listen, to lesson of the program since the shows have lessons is if you know someone in a particular profession do not send them news bits of the profession that they're already shoulder deep in. Leave them be. If your friend... I was going to say, if, if you want, you can ask them about it. Ask some questions yeah, sure. first, but do not like, send... Do questions, not. not. And that question, I mean, did you see this? To be like, hey, I don't understand this. Can you explain it for my non-expert brain? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's... It, what's funny as well is that when <laughs> I, I've also said <laughs> in other discourse, it's like, please do not keep tagging me on like, like things like this, like, because you, I, I've already explained, I already bombard myself with information. Like I swim in it daily for hours. I'm good. You don't need to tag me on stuff like this. Also, do they NBA mess, NBA mess. I'm here for NBA mess. Yes. Tag me always NBA, NBA mess. Let's do it. Also thick women. So anyway, we're gonna <laughs> so, uh, we're just gonna move on that comment. If you if if you see a thicky, especially if they got the uh, especially if they got the Naruto uh, cloud motif, I cannot remember. First of all, no, 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 no. Yo, I was on I was on Twitter and someone was just like. Oh my God, Akatsuki laundry. I'm like, ma'am, you are beautiful. Don't, don't, no, no, no. Tag him on every thicky wearing Akatsuki motif. You know what's bad? You know what's bad? Somebody who is like. The bigger the thighs, the better. Like, you ain't said no lies, but like <laughs> somebody whom. I follow like yes, they're 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 very attractive and you know I I enjoy um <laughs> the the photos that they take. But anyway, long story short, it's just like I saw them wearing like Akatsuki stuff and I was just like, Oh man, I'm gonna fold like a house of cards. <laughs> oh man. Anyway. Here to help, here to troll. Thank you, Bacon. But anyway, um, <laughs> 
I think we should wrap this up um, <laughs> before I find another way. After after <laughs> Bacon just put me out there like that, but but I I, I feel like I people who know me already know this. But if he didn't know, yes. I don't so, see. You know, I don't see why this is something that we can't pursue as a community. Like, like round asses and thick thighs are delightful what, what, what was it i was saying in the in the discord i was just like bless whoever at vanilla wear has a thigh fetish right <laughs> <laughs> oh my god man that... there's a new bot there's a new vanilla wear coming out what's it what's it called you, you, uh unicorn uh I, unicorn something right yeah unicorn something. Something. so it was really funny because Aaron was just like, I don't know about this because I don't see the uh, the 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 art style in it. Like, this seems like it has less of the art style. Yeah. I opened mm. up the trailer. Yeah, I was saying. And you saw it. Yes. And I took screenshots of and characters. And I was oh, like, I... because I was like, I was like, no, here's, here's how it is. They will not. So one, they armor people who wear heavy armor appropriately, regardless of gender. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, like if it's a lady and they're in plate mail, they're in plate mail, like big lady in plate mail. So like that, that's one thing. Like, but if it's if it is if if it is a no clothing character, regardless of gender, they are in no clothing. And children are excluded from this period. They do not sexualize children like that at all across the board, which is something I actually really like about them and their um, uh, art, they're, they're, the way that they put that art style. So I went through frame by frame and I was like, I got you <laughs> of this trailer. Now, the funny thing is, is I don't know if people remember this about me. I don't watch trailers. Right, so right. I was just like, there's thickies, and Aaron's just like, where are you getting this? And I'm just like, the trailer. And he's like, you opened a trailer, and then it's just like, like, like uh, screen grabs of like sections of the trailer. You understand? That's the um, that's the respect and reverence we have for round asses here in this operation. <laughs> is that Bacon, who does not watch a single trailer, a single trailer for anything? under any Anything. circumstances, had to give it a once-over so we can confirm the presence of historically relevant thighs and ass cheeks for the community, <laughs> just in case we were worried they were missing from the product. I was going to get it anyway, so if it was there, I would have found it. But Bacon wanted to make sure that I could rest safely. I just wanted to make sure that my dear friend and colleague had going in, knowing that his tastes were there i appreciate it that is friendship friendship that's that's real friendship well um i don't i don't think we can end on a better note so um final thoughts that i've had um yeah if um if you see something and you're like it makes the brain itch. Uh, chances are, there's probably this is not good, or there, there's something to be seen here. So, also, uh, before I go, one last thing I want to say: if you want to see a good mini series, um, Pluto on Netflix is really good. I do not know why they did not advertise that thing. It is a really good like animated series. 
I would describe it, but I don't want to take away what you'll get out of it. So it's like six episodes. They're like an hour. Animation's really good. Really good voice acting. Genre? Um, it's uh, it's uh, I would describe it as a anime mystery and political intrigue. Uh, yeah, it's like a it it starts off like a crime drama, then becomes like a mystery, then like it just opens up as the chapters go, and the acting is like really good, and the voice cast like um. I was about to say somebody about that. I'll kind of give away like his role, and I don't want to do that. But like a black famous voice actor is in there. Y'all could take a while guess who that is. Um, yes, it, it's really good. I really like how episode one ends. So I, I think Bacon will really like it. Um, so yeah, Pluto's really dope. Um, I don't know if I'll see Godzilla this weekend, but Bake. But thank you, Bacon, for reminding me. I might. Tomorrow, I don't know. I oh, heard it was it. really good. Yeah, Godzilla I heard it was really good. One. It's supposed to be fantastic, and honestly, I have no other expectations other than fantastic. Um, I will say, like, so this is again the Japanese storytelling of Godzilla. This is mm-hmm. not people. I, I I've said this. People have this misunderstanding. They're like Godzilla, giant kaiju, just destroying everything, and I'm like, it's much more. It, it is m- always much more about that. Godzilla is always generally a metaphor, and the story always is centered around the people. So it is always a story about people, first and foremost, and Godzilla is a metaphor for a lot of things. Like, I don't know what exactly it is specifically for Minus One, because I'm trying to keep myself from being less spoiled. But, yeah, like, yeah. but like, the like Shin Godzilla... It was um, it was about the the earthquake and the tsunami and the reactor and so like it was um, I'm can- sorry I cannot remember at all what that event was called um, but the way that the movie had done is it showed Godzilla in phases so like in the first phase was like the earthquake the next phase was the tsunami the next phase was like was symbolizing the reactor. And then it was it was actually a very strong commentary on the on both the uh, how the Japanese government uh, mismanagement, but also the effects of the treaties and on international response and uh, how the uh, it like co- other countries both view and have treated Japan historically and what would probably happen and what and how they did also in that crisis situation. So again, it's about the people and not monsters, which is such a fucking narrow just western viewpoint that like drives me up a fucking wall. <laughs> people would be mm. like I'm just here to see monsters and I'm like don't go. <laughs> did you <laughs> Uh did you did you see Godzilla versus Kong? Probably not. Given no, I've watched. I've, I've seen every Godzilla movie. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Where, 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 where? Respect. I really like Godzilla. It's actually yeah. one of the things I did like about the uh, the the latest U.S. movies because I felt like out of the Western interpretations, I felt like equating with climate change was actually like one of the better western interpretations they've done. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like it wasn't just like they specifically didn't make it. Oh, it's just monsters fighting monsters. Like there was actual like they were trying to go for the metaphor, but Western audiences just don't. Yeah. Don't catch that part. And also Western metaphors aren't really they don't. Uh, metaphor storytelling is not really our forte. Mm. Not very good at the whole symbolism thing. Me. Yeah. Not, not our greatest, like, like all the movies that are really good at that are either like, they're generally not produced by white people. <laughs> just put that out there. Or if they are, it's like by a woman and it's like very like, French inspired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm saying controversial things. <laughs> Drink your water, read a book, and get plenty of sleep. Mind your business on the internet. Eat some fucking food and go to the goddamn bathroom. If you see a nice ass, share it with your loved ones. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Um, have a pleasant day. Go ahead, stand up, stand up, stand up.